looking out my classroom window. I just gotta stop teaching, it's done. They're like, the book bus is here. And students like running to the window, you know, when they see the book bus arrive. That's Mrs. Robinson, a fifth grade teacher in Tampa, Florida. Every month, Bess the Book Bus visits her classroom. This nonprofit organization gives out donated books to underprivileged kids. Students get to choose their own books, learn new things, get lost in stories, and this ignites their imagination and sense of wonder. Who created Best the Book Bus? Meet Jennifer Francis. I'm probably the only person I know that wants to win the lottery so they can keep doing their job. I just want to win and then I can just keep doing what I do and never have to worry again about how I'm going to do it. So I know that's a pie-in-the-sky dream, but most of my dreams are, so I'm not giving it up. Although, she's come close. We were out of everything. I'm out of books, and I'm out of money, and at the end of this month, we're not going to be able to continue. We all have dreams, potential futures, where everything we wish for comes to pass. But if we dream it, is it destined to come true? How do we know if it's meant to be, or when to let it go? On today's episode, you'll hear about how one dream pointed a woman in a completely different direction, a calling, onto a new life path. But some roads can be more challenging than others. I'm Josh Liebling, and this is the Human Spirit Podcast, a show about how we all fall down, but then manage to find a way to get back up. Tampa, Florida, 2002. Jennifer is at a crossroads in her life. All the things on her list are checked off. Good job, nice car, a social life. But something's missing. I was just sort of feeling that angst of... I feel like there should be more. I just wasn't quite fulfilled. So Jennifer brainstorms, writes in her journal, what am I good at? What's important to me? What's needed in my community? Are some of the questions she asks herself. And then... One night I woke up, I guess morning, it was about 3 a.m., and I woke up and I call this moment the pull of the moon because I woke up and I wrote in my journal and I drew like it came to me and so I drew the book bus uh, it looked like a bread box really <laughs> it was supposed to be a Volkswagen bus but it totally looks like a bread box I still have the picture um, so uh, I drew that and I was like, I actually had named it after my Nana my uh, Elizabeth O'Keefe and so Nana Bess was her name it was such a special relationship I lived with her until I was four her and my mom uh, my dad traveled for work and so we'd walk down to the little library, which was just at the corner in Oxford, Massachusetts. And she'd walk us down to the little store where they had the spinner racks with the little golden books on them. And that was our thing. We'd get to get books, right? And we'd read. To me, she's synonymous with that. That's just a, like an early impression in my head of who is Nana best. So when it came into my mind, I was like, yeah, the Nana, like, I, I'll go out, like, I'll give books to kids, the Nana bus. And so I, you know, had written that down and then I woke up the next morning. I told my ex-husband, hey, I figured it out. I'm, this is what I'm going to do. And he was like, okay. He's like, don't kids have books in school? And I was like, I don't know. I guess I'll find out. 
Jennifer's husband isn't the only person confused by this new direction. Her best friend, Leah, shares her honest opinion. I told her I thought she was absolutely insane. <laughs> I thought she was crazy. <laughs> when she said, oh my God, you, you can't quit your job. You're going to be homeless. And I told her I would, in fact, not be homeless because I had a van. Childhood friends since the age of 15, Leah and Jennifer met at, where else but the bus stop on their way to school. We were both, like, over a period of several weeks, each reading books. And we each had a, we're nerds, um, we each had a book in our hands. And finally, I got up the courage to go over and talk to her about the books she was reading. So we started talking about our books. I believe, I'm just going to call myself out on this it's Probably not age appropriate. I'm calling my teenage self out. We were 15. It was one of those B.C. Andrews. B.C. Andrews novels. I believe I had one of the parts of Flowers in the Attic. And we've been friends ever since. Leah thinks Jennifer is a bit crazy with this new idea. But she also knows that Jennifer is wired differently than others, that she could put in the work to make something like this happen. She has just a wonderful spirit. She's one of those that is an attractor. She just has a very unique outlook on life that's positive and she's focused on others and helping. And she's not risk averse. She's willing to take risks. She spent time within herself reflecting on what is important to her, what she values and what she wanted what kind of life she wanted to architect for herself. So it was very intentional what she did. It's not as simple as saying, I have an idea and now I'm going to go make it happen. It, it takes a lot of hard work. Jennifer ultimately quits her day job and starts working nights at restaurants and a sports arena. She uses what little money she could raise to pursue the book bus full time. Were you scared during this time that, how am I going to make this happen? What were you feeling? No, I wasn't scared. I'm very, so one of the things I'm most grateful for is I didn't think, and this is going to sound terrible and maybe it is, I didn't think too deeply about it. Like it was just, it was this pull, right? It was something that I had to do. It wasn't, it wasn't the same as when you kind of decide, oh, I'm going to do this. It was just. I had to do this and I was going to find a way to do this. So there wasn't room for fear because there was just so much excitement. Not to say there hasn't been intermittent fear throughout, especially as you grow. I thought the other day, you know, growth is a very painful thing. It's a wonderful thing to have happen, but it is painful from time to time. And I think it's just because it's kind of the death of comfort, right? But it's the only way to move forward sometimes. And Jennifer does continue to move forward. She cashes in her 401k, buys a used Volkswagen bus, and asks everyone she knows for help. At first, she gives out books at nearby hospitals and the Ronald McDonald House. But then her friend Cher suggests she visit her daughter Ivy's classroom. Ivy's in a Head Start program, which supports children from low-income families. I went in and there was three classrooms on site at that Head Start at the time. And I went in and sat down and started reading to Ivy's class. And that was that moment where you're like, oh, this is it. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Ivy, now 23, has known Jennifer since she was four years old. She doesn't remember that first visit, but knows how big of a moment it was. 
I've seen several pictures and from what I've seen and just from what I know, it was something that was special to me because she was like my Aunt Jenny and she was coming to my school. So I can tell that from the pictures. <laughs> I knew that my focus needed to be in our most vulnerable schools. So Head Start was happenstance, but Head Start was perfect because Head Start serves vulnerable families and they do such a fantastic job. As I started going Head Start to Head Start to Head Start, because teachers would say, oh, can you go to my, my friend, Miss So-and-so teaches over here. She wants you to come. My friend teaches here. She wants you to come. Teachers talk to teachers, talk to teachers. And so that's when it started to really grow. So word spreads and Jennifer continues to support under-resourced schools. She not only reads books to classrooms, but also invites students onto the book bus to browse and pick out books. Books that they can take home to own for themselves. Her best friend Leah, now the chairman of the board for the book bus, has observed just how important ownership means to these kids. I'm there helping her out. And this little girl comes up to me and she said, do we get to keep these books? And I'm like, of course. And she gave me the biggest hug. She was so excited that she got to take the books home. And I mean, that alone was like, oh my God, this is just, you know, crazy how, how much these kids are touched by this small experience. A lot of these students, they just don't get the same resources. And it makes me really angry most of the time, you know, um, because they're just as smart and they're just as deserving. And I find it incredibly short-sighted of us as a nation not to invest in what I think is our most valuable national resource, which is our kids. And it should be equal for all of our kids to have an equal, engaging education. And our schools do great work. I'm not saying anything about them. They are doing the best they have as well with limited resources. Not only do schools have limited resources, but parents do too. I know that my oldest son still has the award for the most AR uh, reading points at Ballast Point Elementary from her getting them, him all the um, Harry Potter books, you know, because they were expensive and I had four kids. I couldn't afford them. So she, any book he wanted, I could call and say, Jen, do you have this? You know, I don't know. It was just we didn't really have a lot of extra money then, and she just really helped out. That's Gail Bowden. Jennifer has helped her family and countless others. But in talking to people about the book bus, it becomes apparent that Jennifer gives more than just the books. She brings something unique, something special, and it comes from deep within herself. People believe in the mission, but they believe in Jen. And without Jen, there's no best the book bus. That's all there is to it. It is her vision, her guiding light that keeps it going. I mean, I could get books at the thrift store and stuff, you know, used books. We had those. There's something about getting a, a special book, you know, from someone who loves reading and is so enthusiastic about it. If you take the Jennifer part of it out, I don't think it's as meaningful to the kids. The kids don't forget her. They see how much she enjoys reading and what she gets from it and how you can dream anything or go anywhere. Even when she comes through the neighborhood, all the children come running from wherever they were to the book bus to come get their books. They love it. You can just see the joy on their faces. <laughs> she sounds like she's like the ice cream man. 
I know, you would think, or you would really think. The most exciting part about it is you get to walk in and see all the different books and see all the different characters you like. They all get excited and it's like, oh, I get to pick a book for me, you know? I think what Jen's never lost touch with is her inner child. She can see how kids are viewing these you know, these books, when they walk up and they see all these choices and their eyes get huge and she is right there with them. And when I, the few times I've been able to go with her, um, I'll look at these kids and they'll ask me a question and I'm like answering her, answering them like an adult, whereas she can answer them as, she doesn't talk like a child, but as a child would want to hear the answer. And it's, it's really just special to watch. Our focus is on joy, right? And like when we're telling kids what books, you know, go look and pick, pick something that looks like fun. Pick something you're going to get to keep this forever and bring it home to read with your grown-ups. So pick something that you love. That's what's important because you're a reader. And when they're in line, you're talking to these students saying, oh man, you know, what do you like to read? Tell me about, and you tell them, oh, you like that? Oh, you must be a scientist or you're an artist or you're, you know, giving these kids other ideas of who, who they could be, who they are, like that we see them and that they matter. And I think sometimes that there's so many demands during the school day that there isn't a lot of room for that. Jennifer is reaching kids, making a difference, and putting all of herself into the book bus. But in 2008, during the recession, the momentum comes to a screeching halt. It was desperate. We were out of everything. I'm out of books, and I'm out of money, and at the end of this month, we're not gonna be able to continue. What's Jennifer going to do? How can the book bus survive? Find out after the break. Do you enjoy reading at night before bed, but can't stand the harsh light from overhead lights and boisterous lamps? Well then, do we have the most perfect night light for you? It's the moon. Yes, the moon. It may be small, with many craters, and no habitable atmosphere, but its soft, cool, blue glow makes the ideal light for reading at night. Not sure? Well then listen to these happy customers. Every time I read in bed, the lamp would just be so blinding. I couldn't focus on the story. The words were screaming off the page. But now, I love having my moonlight. It's soft and gentle, and I can easily fall asleep after reading. The moonlight provides just enough light to guide me to the bathroom in the middle of the night. No more fumbling for switches, turning on the wrong light and waking up my wife. It's amazing. This moon thing, a game changer. So what are you waiting for? Stop by your nearest science museum, planetarium, or observatory to pick yours up today while supplies last. And now, back to our episode. In 2008, we hit a really tough spot. I was running the book bus, but working evenings and nights at a local restaurant. You know, the economy was really starting to slump greatly, like the housing crash, and we were out of everything. It was, it was desperate. Uh, we were out of books and we were out of money and I was funding this in large part myself for a long time. 
um, with credit cards and restaurant working. And, you know, we had donors, but not at a level that would sustain us back then, not really. My concern for her was, you know, during the lean times as she was trying to figure out how to do this, she didn't have a background in fundraising or running a nonprofit. So there were some times where it was getting a little touch and go financially, and I was worried for her. It was just so scary and frustrating. So there has been some fear, you know, because the, the fear there was, I made a promise to these kids. I'm sitting there trying to like brainstorm, what can I do? And then I get a knock on my door. It's one of the neighbors saying, hey, they're towing your book bus. And I was like, what? I'm still in my pajamas for God's sake. So I work really late nights. So I'm mean, gonna just get up and start working, right? So I go running out there looking just fantastic. I'm certain you're running out there and I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, they're towing it. And so I was like, cause they said it had an expired tag. It didn't, but for some reason, I don't, the sticker was gone. And so I was like, no, 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 I can go, go get you. I can get you the registration. They're like, it doesn't matter. The sticker's not on it. And I was like, this is ridiculous. So I was like, can please put it down? He's like, I can't do it. So I opened up the sliding door and like started to get in it. And he was like, not very happy with me by the way. And uh, he said, listen, I, I can put it down if you have a hundred dollars like cash. And I was like, I don't have a hundred dollars. I certainly don't have a hundred dollars. Jennifer calls her friend from work, who gives her the money. But now, she has to go to the best place on earth, the DMV. Okay, I'm just going to go to the DMV. It wasn't very far. I looked really bad. At that point, I was crying, but they were rage tears. Like, I was so angry. Um, so... I, uh, I was like, all right, let's go home, put on pants, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and go to the DMV. I was like, dear God, please just don't let me see anybody I know. That's all I want out of this is let me get in, get out. Now I have to pay more money that I just really don't have to get a new sticker. And I hear, Jennifer? And I was like, oh, what are the odds, right? And I look up, and it was a woman who'd moved away. It was Gail Bolden. We heard from Gail earlier. When money was tight, Jennifer got her son the Harry Potter books. I guess I hit her at a low point, you know. I mean, it is difficult when you start something new like that. And so I was very, very, very happy to see her. I thought, all right, it's got to be somebody. <laughs> I, I'm happy to see Gail. And so I told her what happened with me, and I told her what was going on. I was just so angry and upset. And she told me um, how important the book bus had been to her family and for her kids. And it was exactly what I needed. Sometimes people don't realize who they really touch, but that's the thing, you know, every day in your life you, you interact with people, you don't know how you affect them. Something I said to her that day, like, inspired her to keep going, which I'm so thankful for. So I went home, you know, we part of ways I got my stupid sticker. Um, we went, I went home and just got straight to work. Then I was like that kind of mad. Then I was mad at myself for almost like, I don't know if I'd have given up, but it was, it was a tough moment. Um, and that's when I just kind of lectured myself. I think probably even out loud, to be honest with you, like you're not going to give up. And this isn't like some hobby, like you have, made a commitment to these kids whose school you go to. You promised them you would be there, so you're gonna be there. You, you're gonna find a way to do this. 
it was a galvanizing point to say, you know, I'm not going to come back to this level or to this situation again. So I called my friend at First Book, Matthew White, um, and said, hey, here's the situation. Thankfully, Matthew White puts Jennifer in touch with Shay Reynolds from superpages.com. They're interested in the possibility of funding a nationwide book tour. After speaking, Super Pages sends the book bus to each of their offices across the country. Jennifer picks up donated books, gives them to schools and after-school programs. 35 states in 72 days. This is the start of the book bus going on nationwide trips across the country each and every year. Desperation transformed into determination and then to opportunity. Jennifer and the book bus ride this momentum into a new phase of the organization. She is the most resilient person I know. She always pulled it out. She figured it out. She did what needed to be done. And to me, when someone has such a clarity of purpose, they are willing to do what it takes and sacrifice whatever it takes to, to reach that goal, which she certainly has. That clarity and that vision has led to more and more priceless interactions. I had a little guy in Texas, I think maybe just turned five, say, this is the best day of my entire life. <laughs> and I say, oh, your entire life, why? And he's like, because this is the first time I got to keep a book. And so that to me starts an identity as a reader, especially when students are older, right? They haven't, they've been told they need to read sometimes. They've been told they need to improve their reading. They've been told they need to be good at reading in order to learn. There's sometimes not a lot of space, I don't think, in the school day to explain to a student how important it is to read for fun, right? To read, to get to learn more about what you want to know about. So that environment creates that culture of we are readers, right? We're readers, we're learners. Looking out my classroom window, I just got to stop teaching. It's done. They're like, the book bus is here. And students like running to the window, you know, when they see the book bus arrive. That's Jennifer Robinson, a fifth grade teacher at Booker T. Washington Elementary School in Tampa, Florida. She's seen a substantial change in her students, thanks to the book bus. It just changes everything because students immediately are empowered. They chose the book. Now they are a reader because uh, this is theirs. It's a part of what they chose and their identity and they're excited. And that was just something that was hard to achieve. And it happened like in an instant, <laughs> you know, when they were able to like jump on board of the bus and have the whole experience and then have this book that's theirs. They're like, this is mine. I get to keep this. You know, can I take it home? And it just became a part of their whole being. Jennifer and Mrs. Robinson have collaborated for many years and have worked on different projects with students. This includes the Road to Reading program. One piece of it is like interactive read-alouds where the students are listening to stories about different leaders and change agents and 
considering how they're alike, how they're different, they see themselves within. So, you know, we call that like mirrors or it's a window into like a new world. So there's like an interactive read aloud piece. When you read aloud with kids, the book really is just a conduit, right? The same thing happens. It's just a conversation with those students and it's like just opening up whatever world is in that book and you all go into that together. The program also invites people from the community to talk with students. What I want to do by being there with the students and by bringing in other community members into the classroom is to show them that there are adults out there that aren't part of their school day that believe in them. We go in vulnerable, right? We're just being our real selves and being honest. And so I think that is the unexpected gift is just being real with the students and sharing yourself. Jennifer openly shares her own experiences with the students. This includes even the darker moments when she's had struggles and fears. She shares with the students like her journey of even sometimes being critical or a doubt or, you know, just kind of growing a business based on like figuring it out and maybe, you know, maybe making mistakes along the way and then learning from that. and. That's been a huge um, part of like her story with the students um, talking about like growth mindset and you know it's okay if I'm not there yet and I can learn from mistakes and and the students can relate to that you know on 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 different levels so she's definitely shared um, parts of that with with us. One word that keeps coming up when talking with Jennifer and Mrs. Robinson is real. They choose to have authentic and dynamic conversations. And as it turns out, the students really want that engagement. Students really are like eager to have real conversations. You know, they want that. They want to know the truth. They want to have these bold conversations. And through the books that she chooses and the books that she reads aloud with them, a lot of times it just brings about great questions and connections and, you know, again, bold conversations big part of our focus with that classroom with those students is how they can use their voice to better their community whether it's their classroom community whether it's their community at home whether it's the whole school or whether at large like their community as they grow and voice is really what is your talent right so your talent might be you're an artist or a musician or a writer or you know you might play football basketball ballet but you can use that gift to help others around you and as a voice. So that's been another thing that we talk about. And I think it's empowering for the students to know that grown-ups believe in them on that level. There's also a secret ingredient or secret sauce that Jennifer brings to the table. She just has fun with the process. So she like, it's almost like her inner child comes out with them too. And she's just like right there with them, you know, treating the students as they should be, but as equals, you know, we're on this together. We're learning together. Oh, I don't know that either. I have questions too. And it's just like this, like human to human conversation with children. And that is inspiring for sure. Mrs. Robinson's students also have book buddies younger students that they read to. This helps improve reading skills. It also fosters connections with kids from earlier grades. When asked, Mrs. Robinson's students 
shared with her just how much the book bus means to them. If we never had the book bus, we would never have the books that we got to choose and we would never have the chance to read to our book buddies. The book bus means a lot to me the because I get new books I to read. Books the book bus means different things to me. It's great. The book bus is so full of adventures and creativity and love. So I can read Miss Jen is a part of the grades. book bus and she and I have so many places joy and had so many adventures. A bright future. When the book bus comes, I feel excited and filled with joy. The books are amazing and different because they travel. And when you read one of Miss Jen's books, you can explode into more worlds and into a journey outside of the real world. That was Daniel. That's insane. Isn't that so cool? <laughs> I, I love that he said the books are different because they travel. That's cool. It's like, that isn't that cool? That's so out there. I know. We'll be right back after another word from one of our sponsors for today's episode. Are you an avid reader? Do you love getting lost in a story, but wish you could actually experience what the characters are experiencing? Then we have just the thing for you. Thanks to a combination of artificial intelligence, augmented reality, stem cell research, quantum computing, blockchain, predictive analytics, 3D printing, and of course 5G, comes an invention that will literally fry your brain, but in a good way. It's called the Book Transplacement Futon Couch. All you gotta do is grab your book, lie down on the futon couch, and our technology does the rest. You'll suddenly be swept away into the very pages you hold in your hands, into a reality that feels just as real as the world you left behind. Into romance? Fall in love with your favorite character, Maybe mystery's your thing, then follow the clues and catch the serial killer. Or is it science fiction? Then travel through space and time to discover the wonders beyond the stars. You'll be able to experience whatever your heart desires. With the book transplacement futon couch, your reading experience will never be the same. Warning, please use caution when reading novels that include vampires, zombies, orcs, dragons, magical beings, haunted houses, jazz, outdoor duels, mischievous fairy godmothers, and any autobiography, which can lead to schizophrenia, multiple personality disorder, and permanent amnesia of your entire life. So act fast now and turn the page onto the wonderful world of transplacement reading. And now, back to our episode. Before the break, we heard about how Mrs. Robinson's students have profoundly benefited from the book bus. One student shared how he loved the fact that the books from the book bus travel. This past September, Jennifer partnered with Sitco to drive down to Houston, Texas and donate the one millionth book by Best the Book Bus. Jennifer celebrated by reading to multiple groups of about 950 kindergartners, almost 3,000 students. I could have never ima imagined anything like it. That's why we called it a book concert. Really, that's to honor my dad, who used to be a stand-up comedian and wanted to go back on the road at 86. And he said uh, he wanted to go do, do more laugh concerts. And I was like, that's the most genius thing I've ever heard that call. So that was just sort of a 
tip of the hat to my dad to call it a book concert, but it ended up being, it really was that. It was amazing because you think you'd be scared to read to 950 kindergartners, uh, but it really wasn't. Uh, I gave myself a really big advantage by choosing Pete the Cat to read aloud because I thought, okay, what do I think I can get 900? Like, I gotta get, you've gotta get these kids like that, right? Like, really fast, you gotta get them with you. Like, they've gotta be with you. So I thought, I'll do Pete the Cat. Nine hundred kindergartners stomping their feet, yelling, "Pete the cat, Pete the cat, Pete the cat!" And then when we did the read aloud, we get nine hundred kids singing with you. So Pete the cat is walking along in his brand new white shoes, and he keeps stepping in things, and they turn colors. But the thing is, it's like. It's resilience. It's about resilience. Because does Pete cry? Goodness, no. He just keeps walking along and singing his song, right? Like, he keeps his head up. Like, even though the day is kind of not going his way, he keeps his head up and he has a good time with it. So, yeah. So, it was the perfect book and we just had a blast. After 20 years of serving the community, now with over 1 million books donated, Best the Book Bus has clearly been able to make an impact in the lives of children. But I was surprised to also hear about his influence outside the classroom. We used to do this thing. We worked with Transitions um, lenses for a while, and they'd make new glasses for our kids. And we used to do this big tournament, the Transitions Golf Championship, and we'd park for like three days, and thousands of kids would come from all over. And uh, my Nana used to wear... Um, the kids, maybe like blue kids with the white, like grandma shoes, right? And so that year I bought a pair of Vans that looked suspiciously like the, because uh, I couldn't find grandma kids. Um, so I bought the Vans and I posted it on Facebook, you know, that that was in honor of my Nana, who the bus is named after. I didn't think anything of it. At the last day of the Transitions Championship and the kids were gone, it was like two o'clock, so the kids were already headed back to school and we're like cleaning up. And you know, you get that feeling of somebody's looking at you, right? So I look up and I was like, Uncle Peter? There was a rift in my family after my Nana Bess passed. Um, my mother and her two brothers, um, that side of the family had not talked to our side of the family in many years. And I had not seen my Uncle Peter since I was a kid. Since I was five, six. And he's like, yes. And so he told me they'd been following me on Facebook without me knowing years because he has two daughters my cousins yeah Sheila and Sharon and they've been following me and I didn't know so um, he showed up and just wanted to tell me how important that was and how proud he was of me for honoring my Nana and um, it just reconnected I'm very happy because you know my mom is not here anymore either um, and it wasn't a whole lot of years that they got back together but it reconnected our family, and so I think that if Nana was to be happy about or proud of anything, that it would be that this bus does build community and it, it, it reunited our family. I'm lucky to be surrounded by really, really committed and helpful people. This is not something I've done on my own. It was my idea, but if I did not have the support of my friends and family, and co-workers and our supporters like I have 
relationships that have been ongoing for 10, 15 years with some of our funders, and without them, I wouldn't still be here. The power of togetherness. Just being there and supporting one another has the ability to transform and empower, sometimes even in unexpected ways. Jennifer is there for the kids, for the community, and they've had her back too. And she doesn't regret any low moment or obstacle that stood in the way of helping those in need. Sort of retaking this journey with you helps to remind me of past challenges that we've had the opportunity um, to go through and that we got through them and about the kids and why it's important that even when things are challenging, even good challenging, you know, but even when things are challenging, why it's very important to persist. By steering her life in a new direction onto the road of discovery and of service, Jennifer's courage and perseverance has driven the book bus into the lives of the kids who needed her the most. And just like a book is a conduit to new worlds, the enrichment of children and the connections made through the book bus will continue to build a bridge to a stronger, more cohesive community. To learn more, go to bestthebookbus.org. That's B-E-S-S-T-H-E-B-O-O-K-B-U-S dot org. Or follow on any of their social channels. And for more stories focused on resilience and overcoming adversity, follow and subscribe to the Human Spirit Podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, support us by rating and commenting on our Apple Podcast page. Thank you for being a listener, and let the stories continue.